welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Our next guest on the ABCA podcast is Sarah Howard. She's the owner of Elite Mobility Training. Her website is www.elitemobilitytraining.com. And you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at LA Mobility Coach. She has a diverse background. Uh, she was a tennis college athlete at the University of Portland. She taught kindergarten for seven years. She has a master's in ed. She also has a culinary arts degree from the Culinary Institute of America. She has a variety of different yoga training and certifications. She has a long list of clients from all sports. Baseball specific, she has trained Jack Flaherty of the St. Louis Cardinals and the late Tyler Skaggs. She's another great example of why I'm grateful to be a small part of baseball and the job with the ABCA as it introduces you to new people. She spoke at our LA Barnstormers event in October. She was our last speaker at UCLA and took 70 plus coaches through a gorgeous ball and yoga training session. In this episode, we cover a variety of topics, including her path to find yoga, why not being flexible is okay, keys to finding the right instructor, why you should prime your lymph nodes, the yoga tune-up and gorgeous balls, recommendations for youth athletes, and her work with pro baseball teams and player Jack Flaherty. Let's welcome Sarah Howard to the podcast. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, I like to get right into it. You know, you've had a really diverse background. You played college tennis at Portland. You were a kindergarten teacher for seven years. Went to culinary school. <laughs> Very versed. When did you find yoga? When did you stumble on yoga? I probably stumbled on yoga in high school. Um, I was always, I, I have a stiffer body, right? I have yep. a stiffer frame and I have a mind. And so I've always been told yoga is really good for my body. Yoga is really good for my mind. And I dabbled in it off and on since high school. And I think early 30s, I'm not going to tell you my exact age, but early yep. 30s was when it kind of clicked for me that, you know, yoga is a workout, but the benefits, the mental benefits that I get from it are huge for me. It's been pretty consistent from then. Yep. And, and you say someone, who, who mentioned to you, like, you know, how, how did you get down that path? Like who said, hey, I, I think yoga would be good for you? I had friends who were heavily into it. And at first I just thought it was stupid. Yep. Like I, you know, not my jam, a little too woo woo, yep. a little too hippie. Um, so I had friends that were doing it. And then I had a couple of me as well. Okay. Uh -huh. Um, and again, I didn't, I didn't take it to heart when I should have. Um, but, but from high school on is, is when I was approached about yoga. Okay. Yep. I was reading through your bio and you, and you referenced that you're not that flexible and I, I'm the exact same way. Is there anything more American than, than I can't do yoga because I'm, I'm not flexible. And for somebody that would tell you that, what would you say to them? The only requirements to do yoga is can you move your body and are you breathing, right? And you have to be able to go into a yoga class and not compare yourself to these hypermobile people. And that's actually not what you want to be. You know, I know a lot of yoga coaches or yoga instructors that have had hip replacement surgeries yep. and have had blown out shoulders because they're too flexible and they contort their body into these shapes. And that's, that's just as bad as being on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. And I, I've been hard at it since about 2007 with, with practicing and 
my best instructors, and I've done it all over the, the country. You know, I've been on the West Coast, East Coast, uh, the middle of America doing it. And the, the best ones I've had are like, hey, this is not supposed to hurt you. And if you get in any, any positions that, that don't feel good, back out. And that was something that always resonated with me. Like, you know, dro- you got to drop your ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I started to do it with our players at Western and saw it done with our players at Iowa, you know, that's what resonated with me the most with dealing with athletes is, hey, you're going to have to drop your ego a little bit if you want this to work. And I think it's really hard for ultra competitive athletes to get into that mindset that I may not be good at something um, and, and that's OK. And that's what it's about. It's about, you know, learning new things. But, um, you know, from a recovery standpoint, I just don't know if there's anything better out there for, for someone to, to use it as a recovery part of it. Yeah, I mean, when, like when I go to yoga class, I think people are shocked when they find out that I go take yoga classes um, from other instructors because it's really hard for me to motivate myself to do 60 minutes of yoga. But I know if I can go take two 60-minute classes a week, um, my time on my mat is, is huge for me, not only the physical part, but just slowing down. Right, yes. getting somewhere where you're slowing down and all you have to focus on is your movement, your breath. Yep. And, and what do you feel like is the key to finding the the right instructor? I, I think that's what people fall into is they go one time and and maybe they didn't mesh with the instructor and then they're like, well, it's not for me. It's actually probably finding that the right instructor. What do you feel like is the key? And I think everybody is going to be different with that. You know, what do you feel like is the key to to finding the right instructor? It's just going to take some repetition of classes. You know, I go to some instructors and the way they speak, I don't like, or they're a little too hippie or they're a little too scientific and they're throwing all out these anatomy words and it's like an anatomy class. So you have to put in the time and then you have to find somebody that you like their energy, you like the way they speak, you like the way they run their classes. Um, So I think like you said, don't don't throw the baby out with bathwater. For sure. You got to give it... Got to give it a good college try. Yep. I, yeah, I was lucky when I was at Western that, you know, two girls taught the morning classes and they were big on linking up movements with breath. And as an athlete and a coach, that resonated with me doing the movements. My, my, my time on the mat was way more intense. I got way more out of it because of my breath being leaked in with my movement. In the intro, I talk about Ujjayi breathing you know, victorious breathing. And I, you know, it does change your physiology for anybody that does spend time with their breath work. What types of breath work are you doing with athletes when, when you're doing stuff? What type of breath work are you doing with them? Well, I really like to talk to them about breathe low, exhale slow, yep. right? So when you exhale slower, your heart rate slows down, you can calm down. So I don't spend a lot of time like getting into the Ujjayi part of it. Yep. But if I can get them to like, breathe 360, start lower as opposed to up in the clavicle area, they're going to be able to transfer that to when they're on the field. Um, You spend a lot of time like in the sun salutation. That's why I love that routine for athletes because it's so easy to sink your breath to the movement, get a full body workout, and you can start to really hone in and calm your body and your mind with that. Yep. Do you start with that part? Do you start with the centering end with, with the breathing part when you're doing it? Yeah, it depends on the team. It depends on who I'm with. Um, Some of them need to get right into it to kind of focus that way. And then we'll, we'll bring in the breath later. Other teams or athletes are, are able to quiet themselves and sit for a moment and focus on the breath. Um, When I bring in the gorgeous ball, that's obviously huge for the breath at the beginning. I'm intrigued by the priming of the lymph nodes. And I've watched you do that on Twitter. 
explain a little bit more with the priming of lymph nodes because I, I I've practiced for a long time. That's something I haven't really noticed as much um, with it. And and can you just go through a little bit with that? Why why the priming of the lymph nodes? Yeah. So I learned this routine from Dr. Perry Nicholson, and he took what he knows from. Um, pain science, neuroscience, yep. massage, and created this routine. So I'd never heard about, I mean, I knew about the lymphatic system, yep. but I didn't really know what it does. So it essentially takes out the garbage and then allows the good stuff to get in. And it runs all throughout your body. And what's interesting is you find these these um, clumps of the lymph nodes yep. in places where people get injured a lot, yep. right? Like your hip flexors, your groin, um, behind the knee, your ankle, up near your armpit area, right? So your shoulders and packs. And when stuff isn't flowing very well, nothing else that you do will stick around. Yep. So you get this system moving and flowing well. Everything else that you do, like the massages and the yoga and the acupuncture, everything else will just last a little bit longer. Yep. And then with that, with the cordless balls, go through that a little bit. How did you stumble on the cordless ball? Again, that's something that I hadn't seen before. You know, how did you get introduced to the cordless balls? Um, so I started my company about five years ago with just yoga. And then a year and a half into it or so, I was dealing with some low back pain. And so, you know, yoga wasn't really helping it. And every other thing that I was trying wasn't working. And I jumped on Google because that's where I go when I need some answers. And I came across Jill Miller in this purple ball. And she said that when you lay on it under your stomach, it's going to help relieve your back pain. Of course, I thought that was dumb, um, but I tried it <laughs> and it completely worked. I mean, it's a weird feeling, right? You're laying on this ball under your gut. And I kind of learned through that in her training that everything in your body is so interconnected. Yep. And I didn't realize that before. I didn't realize that if I was having pain in my back, that it could be coming from the abdominal area or a pain in my right shoulder could be coming from my left hip, yep. right? Everything is so interconnected. So yeah, this cordless ball is a purple um, inflated soft ball and you lay on it under your stomach, under your chest, rib cage area, and it just helps to relax the tissue. It helps to stimulate the vagus nerve, which is going to help you calm down. Yep. And in order to heal, you have to be in that restorative state. And none of our life is in that state, right? Yep. You think of an athlete's day or a coach's day, nothing is restorative. So there's not really great healing that's happening. Yeah, I, I stumbled on the book, uh, Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. And she talks about the vagus nerve in there and with getting your breathing lined up. And for anybody that's looking for a meditation book, um, it is a great book. I, I read it last spring during our season, and it did help me really get rid of a lot of uh, the accumulated stress that you get from anxiety and some of that stu stuff, you know, coaching, playing, you're, you're in a high stress situation. So how do you how do you flush some of that stuff out? And listening to your body is an important thing. And you did speak at our Barnstormers event in, in LA. And when I didn't cover that one, but Jim Richardson did. And I asked Jim how it was. And, and he he couldn't stop talking about the cordless ball. So he's done some of the exercises that you took through, took the coaches through. And just, just talk about that experience a little bit when you did come to LA and, and speak at, at UCLA. Just go through that experience a little bit um, with dealing with that many coaches too, as well. Well, that was my first time bringing it to coaches. And I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go, but everybody was pretty open to it, right? They, um, they took right to it and they were very good listeners, which I appreciated. Um, but I think it's important for the coaches to feel how it works on their body in order to bring it to their athletes. Um, and one thing that I found was really interesting 
is a coach sent me a message two days later and he was like, Hey, I didn't really feel anything immediately from the gorgeous ball after the session, but the next day I noticed that my body felt really better, a lot better. And I thought that was a really good thing to notice that, you know, some of this work is subtle and some of it's in your face, but if you just consistently do it and pay attention, you're see results. It might not be immediately, but you're going to notice it in how you move and how you feel. And, you know, I've had athletes come up to me and they're like, I just, I just feel more chill. I just feel a little bit happier after best tools. I feel that athletes can use. You know, and we've talked about that a little bit. I think this is where there's so many new things being introduced with baseball. And, and I've talked to some player development guys and they do feel like this is going to be that next stage for baseball is the recovery side of it um, because people still don't know a ton about the recovery side of things. And I think that's where we're going now from from the baseball side is that this is a way to keep you on the field longer. And, you know, especially for pro college athletes, it's important to not get injured. I do feel like this is a great recovery. And, you know, I went through this with, with my players at Western, you know, where we would start on a Friday and we do it after practice on Friday. And then last year we did it in the mornings on Friday. And I felt like both were beneficial. And, you know, I've talked about this, like how prescription wise, how do you squeeze this in? You know, how, how do you, how do you make this work as a coach? How do you get this incorporated in your practice time? Just any recommendations out there for coaches listening and how to, how to get this involved? Because I do feel like it's a benefit to everybody, even for coaches, I think it's a benefit. But how do you get that, you know, prescription wise, you know, what, what's going to be enough? What's too much? What's not enough? You know, is there a right prescription or, you know, how would you, if a coach is listening and what would you tell them right now from a prescription standpoint of this? I mean, I would love for one 60 minute session a week and then maybe a couple other 20 minute sessions. And I think the, the benefits outweigh what you have to give up, right? If you have to give up 60 minutes, maybe one day of lifting, but that suppleness is going to complement the strength that they also have. You're going to have athletes that will last longer through the season. Um, I have teams and athletes that are incorporating this into when they watch film or when they're doing a team meeting, I don't see why people are sitting in chairs, right? Why aren't you rolling on the ground with some therapy balls or gorgeous ball or at the wall while you're talking with your teammates, while you're watching film, while you're going over the playbook, right? You have to get a little creative. I understand everybody's super busy, but if you have an AM lift, right? And you have 60 minutes of that AM lift, and then you know your students or or these athletes are going to go sit in a chair in class for two to three hours after doing deadlifts and cleans or throwing some med balls around, take 10 minutes of that 60 minute time and throw them on these gorgeous balls or the therapy balls afterwards. They're going to be able to start that recovery immediately as opposed to just going and sitting static, right? In these positions that are not good for your hamstrings or your low back. So they're going to, it's, it's going to take some willingness to switch, switch your schedule and and change things up. And I know that's hard for some people, but winning is important, right? At a certain level, winning is very important and you're going to win more when you have your players 
healthier. Yeah, when you when you have your full roster available and guys aren't on the shelf, like it's it's going to allow you to win. So it is a, it's a benefit on um, again it helps them stay healthier uh, mentally and physically, but obviously it helps you in the long run because it's going to allow you to win more games with the, with that part of it too. Um, you know, when you're a competitive athlete, what do you remember most about some of your best coaches? Like you know, your best coaches growing up or in college. What do you what do you remember most about them? You know, what characteristics did the coaches that you had growing up that that were good that you remember? What characteristics did those coaches have? I mean, I. I think they were very expressive with uh, feedback, right? Good and constructive. Um, I really liked the ones who who would give me that little little compliment. You know, not not a big thing, but like, oh, they were paying attention yep. when I didn't think they were paying attention, and they noticed that thing. Like those things really, you know, they speak to my love language or whatever. But that yeah. that was important to me. I, I think the adage catch somebody when they're doing something right is, is it holds true for for every age group and and I probably fell into the trap as a coach at times that you focus so much on the negative sometimes and you know you get more of what you focus on and I, I do really feel like if you focus on when people are doing things right or positively you're going to get more of of that a, as well. For some of the youth coaches listening in right now, what is it too early? Is there an age to, to start too early with any of this? Can you start too soon? Um, or, you know, I, I think you can start at any time. But, you know, just from your perspective, is it what is there a too early for this? Or can we jump right into it with, with six, seven, and eight-year-olds? Yeah, if you are having your athletes out there, if they're on sports teams, if they're training with coaches, if they're, you know, throwing the ball around every day, if you're teaching them that stuff, I don't see why you're also not teaching them how to recover and how to get supple and how to soften and how to take a break. I think that's a huge part of it because I see athletes in high school that have been training for 10 years, right? They started when they were five or six and I see them at 16 and they've had knee surgeries. Yep. They've had blown out shoulders. And I often wonder, you know, they'll tell me they go to cryo once a week and they train every day or they get a massage two times a month. And I often wonder how much healthier they would be if their parents started them at six, also doing yoga or some soft tissue work, leading it themselves, right? There's a difference if you go get a massage and somebody's doing the treatment to you in keeping yourself healthy. Any morning or evening routines that you like? I know you're on the gorgeous ball, you're on the therapy balls. You know, when does that start for you during the day? I mean, when do you when do you find time to mix in, you know, what you're doing? Well, I can tell you my morning routine consists of coffee and my night routine consists of wine. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just get that out there. I will incorporate them um, randomly throughout the day, right? So I'll be on the phone and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to roll out my back on the wall. Or when I come from a workout class in the car, I'll stick a, a ball beneath my hamstring or behind my back and I'll start the recovery process then because we all lead busy lives, right? Yep. I didn't, or if I'm watching TV at night, if I'm watching, you know, a football game or whatever show I'm watching, I'll often lay on the gorgeous ball. And, and you've worked with, with, with Jack Flaherty. Um, and, and you did work with the late Tyler Skaggs, you know, does Jack Flaherty have a gorgeous ball? Does he have one? Oh yeah. He's been doing it. So I started, we've been together four years and each year I've kind of learned some new stuff and added on. So the first year was just yoga. The second year was when I learned about the gorgeous ball and therapy balls, um, and then last year was I brought in the lymphatic stuff and yeah. yep, he travels with it. He's in, I think, I don't know, Miami now or somewhere. And 
I sent him a little message and I said, don't forget to pack your balls. And he's like, they're already packed. Yeah. How, how did you guys get hooked up? Um, you know, how, how did you guys get hooked up together? You know, did you find him? Did he find you? You know, and, and again, what are some of the conversations that you had to allow him to kind of make that next step on his journey with, okay, starting with yoga and then moving on to the next thing? Obviously, that's a trust issue. You know, when you get somebody to trust you, then you can start to add more things on. I think that's any coach. You know, you can layer things on as someone starts to trust you. How did you guys get connected? And, and what were some of those conversations that you guys had with, with allowing him to, to carry on his journey? journey um so alan jagger introduced us yep. he knows jack and they've you know jack's been doing his program forever and um alan just said hey i think you should you know check out sarah and start to work with her it'll really help you and jack was in the minors at that point so he was you know traveling on buses and trains and freaking canoes i don't even know how they travel these days but <laughs> it's a hot mess um so i was really able to implement some stuff where he could do recovery on the train or the bus. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, there's just people that you really connect well with. And Jack and I, um, we just connected really well when we met each other and our energy is the same, you know, works well together. And, um, yeah, so it started the first year and then we did a little more during the second off season and, and everybody's different, right? So Jack yep. and I work together in the off season. I give him a homework plan and then I'll check in with him throughout the season. Tyler and I work together um, in the off season and all throughout the season as well. Yeah. Right. So he liked to have a little more hands on, a little more, hey, keep me honest and doing my work. Um, so we would do FaceTime sessions when he was traveling or when he was back in Anaheim, I'd drive down there and work with him. Cool. You know, and, and pro tip for any coaches listening in, I would lay on my yoga mat in the middle of the bus in the aisle when we, you know, we'd have 10, 11 hour bus trips. I would lay my yoga mat out in the middle of the aisle and then I would, I would use my yoga block and I would, I would lay on my yoga block to, to reset my lower back and then through stress less, accomplish more. She mentioned Yantra mat, and it's a kind of a plastic throwback to the bed of needles. So I actually would lay on the Yantra mat, and uh, it's it's Y A N T R A for anybody listening in that wants to to kind of look into what a Yantra mat is. I had players that actually would lay on, pitchers especially that would lay on the Yantra mat before their outings, and they did feel like it released a lot of stress and anxiety. And um, mm -hmm. I, physically, that was probably the best I'd I'd felt in a long time with some of those long bus trips that we'd have because they are tough. Like you're you're sitting there for for hours you know how do you get through that because nobody wants to hear any excuses whether you're sore or whatever or not you you know everybody's got to go through that so how do you get through that and I, I do love all the stuff that you're doing because I do think it's going to allow people to to keep themselves on the field better and and be in a better mind space but also physically be in a much better place and you and I talked about that yesterday nobody likes being sore you know, right. So, so how do you alleviate a lot of that general soreness that you're going to have, you know, I don't care what sport you're, you're playing, you're going to have some general soreness by playing. And so how do you alleviate that? How do you help the recovery process going? And I think all of this stuff is, is, is amazing. Um, last question here before I let you go, do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have anything along the years that, that maybe you had something that you felt like was, was at the time, maybe not great, but you look back now is the best thing that ever happened to you? I'm going to answer that, but then will you remind me to talk about one thing about the therapy balls after yes. this? Yep. Uh, one moment that stood out to me during my teaching career. So I taught kindergarten for seven years and it was probably about my fifth year. And I had this little girl 
and she wasn't um, progressing as needed. And I'd been watching this and thinking about it for a long time and had, you know, the testing done and all that stuff. And in my mind, I had decided that her parents needed to know that she probably should repeat kindergarten. And I remember going into this talk with them, having kind of processed all this, but I didn't allow them time to process this. And I dropped this bomb on them that, hey, you know, I know you've known this a little bit, but your daughter's not really ready for first grade. And that kind of taught me that I need to be really aware of um, communication and of how I deliver things and um, making sure we're on the same page because that, that was not my best, my best moment. Um, Especially when you have to deliver something that, that is a tough truth. So that, that is something that's kind of always stuck with me that I wish I did differently. And it's made me more being a little bit softer sometimes. Yep. Part of knowing as, as you get older. Well, back to the, the therapy balls. You know, anything else you want to add in with the core just of the therapy balls before I let you go? Yes. To, uh, one or two things. I know a lot of people roll on baseballs and lacrosse balls and golf balls. And I wish I could throw all of those in the garbage. <laughs> um, but I can't. What I want people to know, and I don't, I don't manufacture these balls. I don't I make a small profit if you buy them off my off my link. But the reason these balls work so well is because they're grippy yep. and there's a little bit of squish to them. Yep. And this is all a nervous system thing. So if your body feels something super hard coming into it, it is going to brace. But if you are able to go in there with a softer tool and something that's grippy that's going to hydrate the tissue, you will get faster benefits, which means less time preparing your body to perform and less time recovering it. So I think players and coaches oftentimes will use those other tools and they don't think they get very good results from them. So they stop doing that. But if they were just to switch to tools that are made for your body – give you better results, then I think they'll stick with it longer and yep. they'll keep using them. Yep. Like I said, nobody likes being sore. So if, if you no. can, leave, and, and I, I've gone down a rabbit hole with a lacrosse ball before and I get, I get crushed by lacrosse ball. So I, I've taken that out because it just, it, it killed my shoulders and my hips and you, you feel like you're doing the right thing. But if it takes you two days to, to get off the mat after you do something, probably not the best thing for you. Yeah, more isn't better. More <laughs> is not better. Now, where where can people find you? I, I mentioned this in the intro, your your website and then Twitter, but where where can people find you if they're looking for you? Yeah, um, website is elitemobilitytraining.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, LA Mobility Coach. Um, I'm around LA. If you people ever want to do in-person sessions, I travel to teams. We can do FaceTime sessions. And then I also have um, online training programs. So there's a bunch of... I seem to get a lot of pictures. So there's a bunch of pictures um, from the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, we have the New York Yankees that just jumped on and the Oakland Athletics. There's pictures yep. on those three teams who are doing my online training programs. Um, so that's another option. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Let me know if you need anything, okay? Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Sarah and I unpacked a lot in this episode. I hope that we could shine a little light on incorporating yoga into your recovery routine. Just to give some historical reference, yoga has been around for 5,000 years. It was introduced to the United States in 1893, 
It's 20 plus years after baseball was invented in America. Uh, we briefly hit on Ujjayi breathing. Ujjayi, uh, the English transa translation for Ujjayi is victorious. So it's victorious breathing. My guys always loved when I would say victorious breathing. Before I let you go, uh, we can do a little bit of breath work for anybody that's interested in what Ujjayi breathing is. So wherever you're at, uh, if you're sitting, uh, sit up. Uh, if you're standing, that's, that's cool as well. So you're going to inhale and exhale through your nose. So big inhale through your nose. You're going to exhale through your nose, open your mouth, and let the air hit the back of your throat. And you're going to let out a, a big sigh and really dominate that breath. So big inhale. On the exhale. Let's do that one more time. Hopefully you see a difference in your physiology as you do this. So big inhale through your nose. Again, this is Ryan Brownlee signing off from the American Baseball Coaches Association office in Greensboro, North Carolina. Have a great day and leave it better for those behind you. Thanks.